Hi, welcome to the Mind War. I'm Jim Stewartson. I am here today with my good friend and co-host, uh, High Fidelity. Um, today we're going to talk about anonymous. Uh, anonymous is uh, very important to the history of how all of our current situation has come down. Um, and um, my friend was there and uh, he wanted to, to sort of clarify, um, you know, where it came from, where it went, how it fell, and, um, you know, the sort of partial resurgence that we're seeing now. So with all of that said, um, welcome, um, my friend. How are you? It's a beautiful day in the neighborhood, let me tell you. <laughs> That's good to hear. All right. So yeah, things, I mean, think overall things are looking up, right? You know, we got Trump raided by the FBI. We've got uh, looks like they're going after the Espionage Act because there were nuclear secrets involved. Mm -hmm. um, but the reason I wanted to talk to you and talk to your listeners, um, I grew up on the internet, right? I. Uh, you know, in 99, when, when something awful was created. And really, really, that's the story where it starts. Uh, I was in my mid, late 20s. Can you, uh, sorry, I'm just going to, um, I'm going to assume that most people, that the people listening don't know anything. So I just want you to explain something awful for a second before we move on to that. Because it's because if you don't know about the something awful forums, it just sounds like you got involved with something awful. <laughs> so, <laughs> so what, what what was something awful something awful was a website uh it was it was created in 1999 and it was literally uh something awful um, <laughs> yes it was <laughs> i remember there were i mean it, it, the most irreverent disgusting i mean it's 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 not really the start of the edge lords but it's the start of edge lords congregating and what is an edge lord an edge lord is somebody who tries to outdo the next person and how edgy they can be right right um i'm gonna burn myself with a cigarette i'm gonna cut myself with a razor blade mm -hmm. i'm gonna put a nail through my hand you know like crazy dark edgelord crap right something awful is where the edgelords first started to congregate and uh you know if, if you know the history of the internet back in the late 90s you know it was you know, something awful and tumblr yep. and you're the man now dog and new grounds um and something awful you know Tumblr was more of the weird theater kids trying to express themselves on the internet. Man. Something awful were the Hellraisers. They were the chaos. They were dickheads. Um, they were just trying to rile shit up just to rile shit up because it was the internet and it was funny. And the internet was in its, you know, it was in its birth phase. Yep. And I, and I, and I fit right in. <laughs> I, I admit it. I was a Hellraiser on the internet back in the early days. And, uh, you know, Something Awful was kind of the spot. Um, and there were forum wars where we'd, we'd infiltrate other forums and pretend to be friends with the people on the forums and we'd get moderator status. And we had back channels going on Something Awful or an IRC you know, where we would run these games. Uh, you know, one of the fun things to do was get moderator status and then invite all the something awful goons right. into a forum and just post the like most awful, disgusting, horrible things. Right. You could. Again, edgelord bullshit. Right. right. Um, so it was something awful and that was the spot. And, that, and just, to, just to say that sort of infiltration model, right? Where you where you cozy up to people, uh, pretend to be friends, and then fuck them up from the inside. Um, you know that that is a 
a dynamic that got, um, you know, amplified and weaponized and perfected, um, uh, as, as you and I both know. Yeah. Well, okay. So then in 2003, four years later, along comes 4chan. Yeah. And 4chan was, you know, if something awful was something awful, 4chan was the unmitigated bottom of the cesspool of the internet. And who created uh, 4chan? Uh, that was uh, Moot, Christopher Poole. And how old was he? He was like 15 That's he created it. Yeah. A fucking 15-year-old um, created one of the most um, dangerous uh, radicalization engines on planet Earth 20 years ago. And it's just still going. Yeah, it's 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 an infection. It is an abscess on the internet. It spreads poison like nobody's business. And I, I was predominantly on the B board, and the B board was you know the random board, and um, we we called ourselves lots of things. We called ourselves the B tards, right? Uh, we called ourselves the bros. Um, and and Chan Chan culture is really it's like nothing else you have to get you know 50 million pop culture references across you know 120 years of different media history um and it all just kind of congealed and turned into this crazy thing but one of the things we used to have fun doing on unfortunately um we used to LARP each other. We used to like fuck with people right? mm-hmm. and we, we would try to convince people so hold on. of just LARP is live action role play. So yes, the, the LARP is, is a character that someone is playing through an online account in this, in this case, LARPing can also be like you be you in the forest with the fake sword going lightning bolt, lightning bolt, right? <laughs> That's also right. I mean, yeah. yeah but, the... but the LARPing that we're talking about is LARPing from behind an online, an anonymous online account, right? Correct. Um, and it was, uh, yeah, there was, you know, there were LARPs where we, um, where we convince people that we were underage girls and try to, con- you know, catch them grooming underage girls. Right. There were LARPs where we pretended to be, you know, federal agents who had found uh, child sexual abuse material on somebody's computer and we would fuck with them. I mean, there was all sorts of just different LARPs we could do against people on, on B. And, and really B started uh, expanding that out, right? You know, that's where um, a lot of the, like, hey, let's see if we can plant, uh, let's see if we can plant stories in the news and we, you know, make up ridiculous stories mm-hmm. uh, and see and see if, you know, papers would print them. And sometimes they would get printed, right? Uh, just which, ridiculous stuff. Yeah, which is also <laughs> a process that has been weaponized and perfected, right? Correct. Correct. And uh, so 2003, along comes 4chan. And one of the things that they wanted on 4chan was an insurgency board, a whack eye. And an insurgency board would be kind of the uh, staging area for raids, for pranks, for, you know, hey, let's get everybody together and figure out what we're going to do. So did you call uh, of it, course, you called it an insurgency. Uh, well, so what happened, and, and Moot wouldn't allow this. Moot, Moot would not allow an iBoard on 4chan. So along came this fellow named Aubrey Cottle, uh, Kurtaner of Anonymous, and he created 420chan. And ostensibly, he created 420chan to be about drugs and wrestling because that's what he liked at the time. Uh, but he created the iBoard, the insurgency board. And that's when things started going both insanely right and insanely wrong. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it started out very simple. Uh, the Habbo Hotel raid. Right. Um, 
there was a lot of racist imagery used. You know, everyone involved dressed up like a black guy with an afro. And, and supposedly the statement was, you know, we're making a statement about internet haves versus internet have-nots because, you know, in, in 2005, 2004, 2003, there weren't a lot of black folks on the internet. It was, you know, it's dominated by young white males right. for the most part. Um, so, yeah, we're trying to make a statement about there's not enough black people on the internet, but then they do stuff like, line themselves up in the shape of a swastika right right in the game have a hotel yes this is this this is edgelord bullshit well it's edgelord bullshit but it's also sort of the beginning of the white nationalist uh you know which started out as you know ironic right um right the people who were lining up in swastika weren't all nazis they were they were people who um, like you said, they're, they are, were edgelords and convinced themselves that there was a statement that was worth exposing people to Nazi, you know, imagery, right? Yeah, yeah. And it, it just, you know, that, that's part of the problem with being an edgelord is, you know, you, you make these, you make these, you know, edgy jokes, but eventually the jokes aren't jokes anymore and sometimes you end up believing this shit right well you you Uh, see it you see it now right 4chan is now you know largely just white nationalist propaganda yeah and it wasn't always that way like there was there was edgelord shit that would go into that area but that wasn't the purpose of it at the beginning right no i mean you're not a white you're not a white nationalist no, not at all. As a matter of fact, I mean, in, in the trolling I did in my later years, and we'll get into that story, but I mean, we, we specifically trolled, you know, white supremacists, neo-Nazis. I mean, I, I, you know, I was growing up in the 90s. We were, you know, skinheads against racial prejudice. We were anti-fascist. We were punk rockers. Yeah. Right. And I was on 4chan and I saw, you know, really, uh, there's... You know, this is kind of an ugly bit of history, but Lolly Chan yeah. is what really started the end for me for 4chan. And Lolly Chan was when a bunch of 4chaners were grooming an underage girl and getting her to do sexually explicit acts on cam and sending out nudes. And it was it was fucked up. It was very fucked up. And and that was kind of the start of the end because like you know I I was I was an edge lord I was all for free speech and pushing the envelope but that's that's not pushing the envelope that's that's setting the envelope on fire yeah and then all the white supremacists came in and that was really that was the end of four chan for me personally mm-hmm. you know four twenty chan was going on uh, you know two thousand five by twenty. God, when was Chanology? 2010? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, so Chanology happens, and that was that, that came from 420 Chan. So tell, that talk, was, talk about Chanology. Yeah. Chanology was an attack by Anonymous. Uh, it, really, it really started in 2008 when Tom Cruise... Uh, there was a video that was released of Tom Cruise being kind of crazy and the uh, church right. of Scientology was like, no, we're taking that off the internet. And they were you know, suing people and sending legal complaints and getting people's websites taken down. And on, an anonymous said, you know, screw you. Right. Um, that's censorship. And this so is anonymous. Of a very, very important moment right which is the battle with scientology this is an important moment because this is when the online trolling crosses over that digital barrier right into real life yep chanology were street protests you know this was the emergence of the guy fox mask yep uh greg hausch Tanner, Aubrey Cottle, this is when they achieved notoriety 
this is when anonymous for being, you know, not just, this is when anonymous really became hackers, hackers. Uh, if you know what the black faxes were, uh, the black faxes were people would take, you know, black, uh, colored paper and they would make a loop out of it, feed it into a fax machine, make a loop out of it. And then fax the church of Scientology locations. Right. And it would suck up all of the ink because they would just be printing out these pages after pages after pages of black. Yeah. So this, this was an actual financial cost right. to the church of Scientology. Right. Uh, I'll be, I'll be it, you know, dozens of dollars or whatever, but, but it, but, Still, it's a it's an it's a real life effect, right? Yes, yes, and and this is again why this is so crazy, is because this is when the internet starts to come for the world. Yeah, right. And so, anonymous really makes its name, right? And then, um, while that's going on, you know, you've got the. Uh, on 4chan, you had the R9K board, mm-hmm. which was the like forever alone, frustrated, depressed single people. Uh, and you had the like, like incels, yeah. Well, okay, so that was the V9K board, mm. and what those two boards led to was the creation of Wizard Chan. Ah. And who who was the moderator of uh, Wizard Chan in twenty thirteen? Well, well. Or we, uh, sorry if I'm skipping. Go ahead. Uh, no, no. I mean, it, 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 we do kind of gloss over this. So around twenty ten, you got Four Chan, you got Anonymous, and you got all these incels. And really, with Chanology becomes the the biggest split in Anonymous, mm. and. I won't use the words that they use, but I will say it kind of divided into two sects. The morals who wanted to use their powers for good and, you know, bring light to the evils of the world and the lulls who just wanted to destroy. Anarchists. Anarchists. Yeah. Nihilists, nihilists, whatever. Yeah. Um, and, And really... So 2010, you've got Chanology, and then you've got Operation Payback. And Operation Payback was big because that was that brings in two major players into QAnon. That brings in WikiLeaks, mm. and that brings in PayPal. So, so what is Operation Payback? Operation Payback was an anonymous operation in which they went after PayPal for shutting off donations to WikiLeaks. Mm-hmm. And who did this bring into direct confrontation? Who was PayPal in 2010? Peter Thiel. Mm-hmm. Right? And they were going after WikiLeaks because WikiLeaks was releasing national secrets. So just to jump back to Wizard Chan. So Wizard Chan, uh, about 2013... Maybe it was 2012, had a moderator. And this was the sole owner, proprietor, and moderator of Wizard Chan during this time. This individual went by the name Copy Paste. Yep. And Copy Paste is actually an individual named Frederick Brennan, aka Hot Wheels. Uh huh. And Frederick Brennan went from Wizard Chan and he created he created 8chan. Well, let's not, let's not skip over Wizard Chan cuz people do that a lot. We you know, I, I just want to say something about Wizard Chan. Um it is the it is the sort of first and still largest dedicated uh I don't want to say dedicated incel website. What I want to say is dedicated misogynist um harassment website of uh, who uh, post rape fantasies and murder fantasies uh, about women, and and one of the most sort of despicable uh, websites on earth. Now, before Achan was created, 
and this is, I think this is an important piece of history. Right after Frederick Brennan <coughs> stepped down from Wizard Chan because he said he had sex for the first time, so before <coughs> he could no longer be an incel. Immediately after that, there was a board on Wizard Chan that attacked a gamer girl named Zoe Quinn. At the end of 2013 <coughs> on Wizard Chan, far before Gamergate, um, not far before, months before Gamergate, Zoe Quinn was targeted on Wizard Chan right after Frederick Brennan stepped down. Um, so now please, please continue. Actually, let's, let's, uh, let's explain something to the listeners too. A wizard in internet in so vernacular <clears throat> is someone who is still a virgin at 30 years old because yep. the joke is if you reach 30 without losing your virginity you've collected all your mana your male energy and now you have magical powers that's a joke right um it covers up their their self-loathing and, right. and how much they hate themselves and uh, yeah, Frederick Brennan ran that. And then immediately after Fred Brennan took a break, uh, stepped away, that's when Zoe Quinn happened. And Zoe Quinn attack, you know, Fred created 8chan. Well, one of the main reasons, well, I want to be clear about this. Yeah, it, one of the main reasons Fred created 8chan was because Moot, Christopher Poole, kicked Gamergate off of 4chan. Right, but I wanna I wanna I wanna make something clear about how the sort of chain of possession of Gamergate, right? Went from Wizard Chan to 4chan, right? Where where you know lots and lots of trolling was happening, but as you said, Moot Christopher Poole would not allow actual physical threats and violence on 4chan. So it was at that point that Frederick Brennan saw an opportunity to create a website that was even worse than 4chan, where anyone could create a board that had anything the fuck they wanted on it, including harassment, swatting, um, and you know, ultimately uh, um, trolling that led to suicides and, and other um, you know, serious harm to individuals. Um, you know, and let's let's make something clear about 8chan. You know, if 4chan was the bottom of the cesspool, um, 8chan was what happened when you dredged the bottom of the cesspool. Uh, there was child sexual abuse material on 8chan. Um, it was a goddamn mess. It was it was probably the most horrible thing I've ever seen on the internet. Um, and what's interesting about uh, 8chan, you know, one of the people who came from 8chan, one of the primary developers, was a fellow named Josh Moon. Yep. And where did Josh Moon go? Why is it important to know Josh Moon? Because Josh Moon runs an internet forum called Kiwi Farms. Uh-huh. Oh, and, and it's just, you know, it's, it's, it's this network of cancer yeah. that has metastasized. So um, Kiwi Farms, to be clear, is there to um, serially harass people, troll them, swat them, you know, anything they can fucking think of. Um, you know, sort of mixed in with a whole bunch of, you know, anti-Semitic and God-awful racist shit uh, are just long, long threads of, of individuals getting trolled for whatever reason, you know, the person who created the board, you know, gets, right? Yeah. What a fucking mess. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, I'm just thinking, like, you know, when I was doing this stuff back in, you know, 2005, I, I, 
I stepped out, stepped out, like just stopped doing the internet troll thing and probably late 2013, 2014, like when Google Plus died is when I stopped. Yeah. Well, that's um, also when it got really bad, right? Because that's when Gamergate yeah. started. That's when Gamergate started. HN was created by Fred Brennan in order to create a forum that was even more radicalized and dangerous than 4chan. And he did that successfully. They all moved to HN and uh, it blew up, right? Um, through 2014, uh, HN was a swirling pit of trauma right like it just sucked in everyone that it could from 4chan and anywhere else uh into this misogynistic cult right run by a run by a incel fred brennan um who you know referred to himself as a cult of personality um while he was running gamergate and I just have to point out also that Fred Brennan workshopped on 8chan with a bunch of Nazis uh, a story um, to be posted on the Daily Stormer at the end of 2014. Daily Stormer is one of the most uh, anti-Semitic <clears throat> neo-Nazi websites on planet Earth. It's hosted in Russia um, uh, because that's the only place um, that will allow their content. And Frederick Brennan went on there after workshopping a pro-eugenics article um, in 2014 that you could still find uh, if you choose to expose yourself to neo-Nazi propaganda. <clears throat> well, it's, it's not just that he wrote that. I mean, let's let's... There were boards on 8chan specifically to discuss child rape. Yep. And Fred was in charge of that. There, there, there's no I don't. You can call yourself a free speech absolutist all you fucking want. There's no need for that. Any normal, righteous human, decent human would be so repulsed by that idea that they would destroy it instantly. But not Fred. Right. No, that was the not goal. Fred, no. That was the goal. It was the goal to radicalize people as much as possible. Um, you know, I, I have had uh, two years of abuse from Fred himself. Uh, and he is a, you know, he's a sadist uh, who is, you know, currently covering up for QAnon. Um, which is, you know, we'll, I suppose we'll get there in a little bit. Um, but let's be clear about this guy. He is the one who, the system that created the radicalization in Gamergate, which then in 2015, what happened? Well, it, I'll answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm like, where do you want to go? Right, the alt-right was formed. Because, uh, because Milo Yiannopoulos, one of the worst fucking despicable propagandists on planet Earth, teamed up with Fred, got the DMs, and says where Milo started covering Gamergate in Breitbart at the orders of Steve Bannon. And we have those emails, right? We have all of that. So oh, yeah. what happened was this fucking you know, cult, misogynistic cult was seized upon intentionally by the worst fascist propagandists on earth to create a radicalized white nationalist cult, which got euphemistically labeled the alt-right. It's a troll army. Yeah, it's a troll it's army. A troll. I and there, there are different divisions. There are different divisions. And, you know, there's the Kiwi Farms part of this. There's the Donald.Win part of this. There's the Opie and Anthony Forums part of this. I mean, there's, there's, there's different also, battalions there's also, and different divisions. Yes, there's also, and this is very important, there's also the Chapo division. Ah, uh, the dirtbag leftists. Because they come from the same place, right? Yep. 
They come from fucking Gamergate. They come from HN. They come from these places. They just happen to be, you know, either LARPing as leftists or have gone so far left that they've, you know, horseshoed around to the to being, you know, just white nationalists. You know, Russia have, uh, apologizing, um, you know, trauma merchants. And and when the when the Donald Forum got um, taken down off of Reddit, so was Chapo, because Chapo was doing precisely the same thing that the Donald was. It was just a bunch of misogynistic, anti-Hillary you know, um, uh, nihilistic propaganda. It just happened to be sort of LARPing as leftist. And Chapo Trap House, you know, metastasized into all sorts of shit, right? There's an entire podcast world that came out of that, which is, you know, they talk about Epstein and Hillary and, and it's just despicable. It's basically QAnon on the left. Yeah. But why, why are troll armies important? And I think the reason that troll armies are really, really important is because if you have a troll army, you can run a LARP of massive size. Yep. And you can run it online. And not only can you run it online, but if you have enough trolls, if you have a big enough troll army, like Anonymous did, Back during the channelology thing, you can make stuff happen on the street. Yes, indeed. Right? Now, let's think about, uh, we kind of jumped ahead, but we need to go back just a little bit. Yeah. We need to we One of the, hit up Project Themis and whatnot, right? Well, yeah. Yeah. So, we, we talked a little bit about PayPal and WikiLeaks and how Anonymous went after PayPal for trying to stop WikiLeaks from getting funding. And now Peter Thiel was, was part of PayPal, right? Um, yeah. Was, although by that time, they might have sold it. Yeah. yeah. Sold by it. that time, they might have sold it to Pierre Omidyar. No, they, they, had, they had sold it. They had by, okay. Yeah, yeah by, by 20. I think that was 2005 or something like that. But they moved on to uh, Bitcoin and, and that old arc. But we'll, right. uh, Satoshi and, and Peter Thiel and all that shit is a whole other episode. Which but, yeah, yeah, that's a whole other episode. Yeah. Um, but one thing we need to talk about is the H.B. Gary and Stratfor hacks. Mm-hmm. And this was information that was brought to light post-Chanology, post-Operation Payback, post, I think it was post-Lulzsec. But what happened was these intelligence companies, H.B. Gary and Stratford, got hacked. And amongst these documents, it was found that Palantir, Peter Thiel's big, not just data intelligence company, but a private intelligence company, a private intel group. Yep. We're going to run operations against Julian Assange mm-hmm. and, and Anonymous. And who else? Glenn, Glenn Greenwald. Greenwald. That's right. Glenn Greenwald. So who, Peter Thiel, Palantir. Who, who at one point, let's just be clear, at one point appeared to be just a kind of, you know, hard left journalist, right? Like, and then suddenly... <laughs> uh, started cooperating with um, the propaganda and um, radicalization. Now, let's let's never ever ever forget what Glenn Reed Greenwald did to Reality Winter, or sorry, Reality Winter. Right, Reality Winter leaked information because she wanted America to know that Russia really was trying to interfere in our elections. And they had that yep. intel. And that is what she leaked. And she leaked it to Glenn Greenwald. What did Glenn Greenwald do? Turned right around, handed it to the FBI, and reality ended up doing time. Mm-hmm. 
Very journalistic right. of him, right? To uh, very, 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 very good protection of sources there, buddy. Right. I mean, all, all he fucking does is pretend to be some fucking free speech advocate, right? And instead, he puts a, a fucking patriot in prison for five years. So fuck him. Sorry. <laughs> Don't hold back, man. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, so we know Glenn Greenwald was compromised, right? Uh, we know what happened with Julian Assange and WikiLeaks. Uh, we know Julian was hit with the rape charges, which have since evaporated. Into and the you evening. know who set that up? Carl. You tell me. Rove. <laughs> Carl Rove set that up. Ooh. Carl Rove set up the whole, that whole um, up. Now, I, I you know, I have no idea what fucking went on, but when Carl Rove is involved, you know, it's just a fuck. It's a rat fucking up, right? And it worked. They got him, and he's been yeah. he's been uh, working for the wrong team ever since. Yep. So he, uh, you know, Wiki. Well, WikiLeaks releases the Podesta emails, which leads to spirit cooking. Which whoa, leads whoa, to... whoa, whoa! We skipped now. <laughs> Let's be careful. Yeah, we're skipping ahead. We're skipping, ahead, but that's okay. We've kind of covered all the 2014, 2015. So you know, let's skip ahead to 2016, where WikiLeaks, who we've just been describing, cooperated with Kremlin cutout Guccifer to um, uh, expose Russian hacked emails of Hillary Clinton, right? And John Podesta. And so they started releasing these emails. And not only did WikiLeaks release the emails, which led to, as you said, the Pizzagate PSYOP, which was run by Mike Flynn, no, you know, it, he uh, uh, intentionally uh, added to the spirit cooking, Pizzagate, child sex lie. Um, throughout 2016, leading up to the election, I mean, in perfect coordination with Roger Stone, Jerome Corsi, both of whom became deeply involved in QAnon, right? Um, right. Like, co-op uh, Tracy Diaz, Mike Flynn's current employee, um, and also, you know, <coughs> who wrote QDrop. Let's, 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 let's like, talk about Tracy Diaz. People, all of those people were involved in this Pizzagate thing, which came from fucking WikiLeaks who were posting Russia-hacked emails. So let's be super clear about what Pizzagate was. It was a Fucking Kremlin up, right? They had the e- the emails that the Russians had hacked, which we know from you know evidence, um, and and they took those emails against a candidate for president of the United States, which led to her defeat. Well, how weird is it that a clip of a Serbian performance artist started all this nonsense? Right. Because just because out they, of nowhere. It, because they knew they needed to make something horrible about her, right? And and yeah. not, and not only did they, did they take this, you know, sort of anti-Hillary psyop um, to the right. But they brought it to the left, and you know, I the the first time I got very activated and all this stuff was 2016 when my friends, who were Bernie supporters, which was fine, you know, and I, I kind of like Bernie too, but you know, I thought Hillary was far better qualified, and you know, whatever. But you know, my Bernie friends started like getting nasty, like weird, and angry, and just you know warmonger and all this shit was really confusing because these these people were acting in ways that i had never experienced before and it led me to you know sort of the conclusion that there was something that there was a psychological you know effect being generated that i did not understand 
because it was changing, literally changing the personality of my friends. And this is 2016 on the left prior to the election. I'm just thinking, you know, if we, okay, here, here, well, I do agree with some of the things Bernie says. Here is why I will never like Bernie. Bernie spent his honeymoon in Moscow. I'm sorry. I grew up in the 80s. I will never trust Russia, right? I, I just, it, it's just how I was raised. Um, you know, Khrushchev banging his shoe on the lectern. I, I, Russia's whacked, man. Uh, and it always has been. And, yeah, I, I mean, I don't know. I mean, I don't know what, what Bernie's ties to Russia are. I don't, you know, I don't believe that Bernie himself is some kind of Russian asset. Never did. But I do believe that his supporters, his campaign, his message got weaponized by the Russians. Infi- I would say infiltrated and weaponized because yeah. I think the Bernie bros were a toxic troll army that you know started with a few key people metastasized turned into this big ugly thing yeah pulled in chapo yeah and it was utilized you know both against bernie but also to separate those who would traditionally be on the left right that's it's a a splintering between the center left and the progressive left Uh, well, and progressive who, left, uh, yes, turned into uh, nihilistic fascist left, which, you know. Tankies. Tankies, which run around calling people shit libs if they say anything about Russia, say, and, you know, um, it, it's, it, is, it is a cult, you know, just like QAnon um, on the left that, you know, is just as nihilistic and fucked up, Right. It's just got a, you know, a shifted ideology and it all meets in the middle. And it's what, you know, we is sort of colloquially called horseshoe theory. You know, one of the one of the things, uh, you know, where, where people really establish leftist credentials that are still around today. Was the Occupy movement. Mm. So there was the Occupy movement, which we know was infiltrated. Deeply. Uh, uh, there was the, uh, what was the water, the Native American water? There was Standing Rock. Standing Rock. We know that was infiltrated by Tiger Lily, right? Uh, Tiger. Not, oh, Tiger Swan, thank you. Tiger, Tiger, Swan, Tiger Swan is uh, Eric Prince's um, organization that, uh, you know, employees ex-military to infiltrate movements and uh blow them up from the inside out blow them up from the inside out yeah there's a lot of that there is a lot of that and and so one thing that i that we also skipped is um after the palantir blow up right anonymous went after hb gary and stratford and palantir Right. So 2008 was Chanology, right? 2010 was the Occupy movement, uh, Operation Payback, more or less. 2010, 2011, 2012, right? Yep. Um, 2012 was when they were finally arrested, and people went to prison, and, and you've got people like Hammond. Um, but what happened? But but, uh, but there was retaliation, right? And infiltrate, and, and and that's where the occupy thing started, and that's where the infiltration of anonymous started. By whom? Why by Peter Thiel and Palantir? And uh, I hate to say it, but I think there are bad elements inside of our government who get these hackers, um, and they use them for nefarious ends. They use well, them to target people. But it's our, our government, but also foreign governments, right? A lot also of, foreign governments, a lot yeah. Of, a lot of Anons just simply started working for the Russians. And, and they're, they're like on Russian websites and shit now. There's a whole section of them that doesn't, isn't ashamed of it at all, right? Um, but, but 
a whole bunch of the of Anans who, you know, were in the kind of Lulzsec area. Got the Lulz, they were the Lulzy people, the ones yeah, who just and they wanted got, to destroy they got, shit. Right, and they got employed by, you know, entities that had an interest in destroying shit, right? Which included the goddamn Russians. Bunch of anons just got compromised, and there's still a bunch of you know like anonymous Twitter accounts which are just clearly compromised, right? Well, I mean, one of, one of the things that happened since 2020 is the person who runs your anon central Twitter account was outed as a uh, white supremacist named Spardoz, who yep. is a government informant. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, yeah, you have these compromised people, shall we say, donning the mask of anonymous. Yeah, um, which is the which is the strength and the weakness, right? Because anyone can don the mask. Yeah, anyone can don the mask, and and that's kind of what led to the downfall. Yeah, uh, there was there was the shattering of anonymous. There, you know, anonymous was never really like, hey, we're this giant movement, and we're all pointed this direction. There are always random elements within it, but. The shattering of of anonymous came uh, with the sex, and and really, you know, and, and Aubrey Aubrey Cottle has even you know said, I had to do stupid shit because what I created was too powerful, and that's when the uh, the attack on the epilepsy form came, uh, when they used uh, strobing images and just dumped them into the forms of an epilepsy oriented website and that that was kind of the the first death knell for anonymous mm-hmm. um, yeah that's about as bad as it gets um yeah trying to doing cause real actual seizures in vulnerable people yeah um, and causing you damage. Know, and and that sort of behavior right the nihilistic sadistic psychopathic behavior like that um you know is now sort of the norm unfortunately um right well that's yeah that, and, and really it's part of the problem because what sites like something awful and 4chan and 8chan now 8kun and these these other forums throughout the internet is they gave sick twisted people a place to congregate and amplify their sickness exactly. and spread their sickness yep and, um, and and the sickness has has metastasized into the you know it, the insurgency that we see right now right like just yeah. put it in some context QAnon is called QAnon because it's a bunch of anons right Right, it's a bunch of people from this same exact uh, uh, beginning that simply allowed themselves, or you know, however you want to put it, became radicalized and um, became part of a a white nationalist fifth column in the United States. What happened was that in you know 2015. Flynn and Bannon. Bannon was running Breitbart, which was the one that with the entity that made Gamergate really a public big thing. Uh, he and Flynn, who was, you know, at the time meeting with Vladimir Putin in Moscow, um, uh, figured out that they were going to take this radicalization that had been formed and weaponize it to steal an election. Uh, in 2016, which they succeeded in doing, they took yeah. they took the alt right and formed MAGA 3X, right, uh, which ran PizzaGate, which was you know sort of the central hub for PizzaGate, which had Microchip and Mike Flynn Jr. and James Brower and all these fucking guys who oh and were- let's not forget Fred Bannon's attorney. Michael Cernovich. Yes. Mike Cernovich uh, is, you know, just a blatant Russian asset, right? 
Like all he does is post anti-American, like pro-Putin, white nationalist shit. Some other motherfuckers still got a blue check on Twitter. It's amazing, right? Sinia Galachka. Yes, exactly. <coughs> and Sinia uh, Galachka is Russian for blue check. Yes. Yes. Um, and and yeah, that guy that he was part of Mag Three X, Baked Alaska. Um, you know, Tim, Tim Janet, who uh, basically grew up in Russia. Um, you know, they were all part of it. Um, and then and Mag Three X, um, you know, then sort of well, they had the deplorable in January of 2017 to celebrate. Let's let's not forget though, in 2016 at the RNC. MAGA3X was formed with yes. Peter Thiel, yes. Michael Flynn, and they also availed themselves of Joseph Samel's Psy Group. Yeah, Psy, uh, it was... What Psy, was it, Psy Group? Yes, it was Psy Group. Uh, Je, um, uh, yes, um, Zamel uh, was meeting at Trump Tower with Eric Prince and Steve Bannon and Mike Flynn. Um, Joel Zamel, um, uh, who ran Side Group, and Side Group, what they did was set up LARPs. They set up these accounts. This was the public marketing material. Was that they set up fake social media accounts to influence people? That was what they like were proud of, and they were the ones who set up a whole bunch of these LARPs, who some of whom are still out there right now. Some of them attacking me and you and our fucking podcast and our friends and anyone they can find. Right? I mean, it's right. the same fucking people. Uh, they're just, they're, you know, they, a lot of them were planted on the left. Um, and, you know, they're still running. They're still going. Uh, they're still fucking going. So here's, you know, here's something I need to address because it still gets brought up, even though it's absolutely ridiculous and I've already addressed it. Part of the reason during 2020 and 2021, I said the things I did to our trolls is because I knew they were trolls. Right. And I was there at the beginning. You're like, do not speak to me of the old magic. I was there when it was written. Yeah. And I went, again, even harder at them. Yes, specifically with the intention of causing them psychic trauma, of making them stop and think about what the fuck they were doing. Because I know what they're doing. Because you know what they're doing. Right? They're, you you yes, understand they alternate reality games. I understand trolling and LARPing and fucking with people's heads. And you and combine what, those things, you combine alternate reality games, and you combine trolling, and what do you get? You get fucking QAnon. That's exactly what QAnon Because when you create a cult, when you create an organization, right, you got to have the core. You got to have the start, you know, maybe the founding member or the founding members. Yep. Right. And, and Peter Thiel actually talks about this in his fucking book from zero to one. Yeah. But the core, the core, the first, the spark, right? Yeah, Peter Thiel also said, um, I'd rather have, he said th these words, I memorized them. I'd rather have Pizzagate and QAnon than the Ministry of Truth. I'd rather have neither. But instead, we have Peter Thiel, you know, Peter fucking Thiel creating QAnon and requiring a Ministry of Truth. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, the projection is just incredible right it um, is yeah so so you know without getting into you know because the the origins of QAnon and all of that shit are a whole other <clears throat> episode but um the important thing to know is that maga3x right which was the elite of the you know the trolls that came out of gamergate and all of that uh, MAGA3X is what started QAnon um, and you know then Tracy Diaz came in and in November 2017 and sort of popularized it for Flynn and then you know um, hey 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 let's, let's not forget remember what LARP 
we caught Tracy Diaz trying to pull before QAnon? What did we catch her in? Remember? Magnon? Nope. FBI Anon. Yeah, I, I, I don't know that, that Tracy was FBI Anon. Tracy was Meganon. Meganon was a white supremacist um, LARP, 4chan LARP, that was run by Tracy Diaz and Kim.com. Is, and, oh, is that the one with, the, okay, that's the one where they had the picture of the feet as yeah. a, like, shoe-on-head moment? Yes, um, that, and those And then the there's first... a picture, yeah, and there's a picture of Tracy Diaz later, same tile, same feet, same sandals. Yeah, right, and and that was uh, uh, actually provided to me <laughs> uh, on the download, uh, on the download, it was part of... Um, you know something and yeah it's just trace it was tracy diaz basically larping for kim.com right because kim.com was a major player in all of this shit kim.com is a neo-nazi hacker and convicted felon if i'm not mistaken not unlike andrew orenheimer Ah, aka weave mr weave indeed yes and again, uh, you know, I mentioned this once in our, our Zero to Dumb episode, but I'm going to mention it again. Uh, you know, Barrett Brown, uh, as messed up as that poor guy is, he had, um, you know, images of chat logs between an Anon and Weave, in which Weave is telling the Anons to back off of the PayPal mafia because Weave is trying to get them jobs with Peter fucking Teal. Right. Yep. So. And, and a similar uh, guy was a guy by the name of Chuck Johnson. Ah, uh, yes, Mr. Who, Johnson. Who, who went to fucking visit Julian Assange with Dana Rohrbacher. You know, the, the, the guy, the second guy that Putin pays, according to uh, Kevin McCarthy. McCarthy um, uh, went to went to fucking visit WikiLeaks um, uh, in in the Ecuadorian embassy in London, um, and, and you know this guy's been working for Peter, Peter Thiel uh, as far as I can tell for an entire decade and still is, and is currently being you know sort of people are trying to reanimate this fucking Nazi and uh, you know it should not be. Yeah, no, we're we're not uh, no Chuck, Chuck Johnson does not get uh, no, he, he, he doesn't get a pass. He is not forgiven. He is a um, he, he he is a Holocaust denying um, nihilistic psychopathic sadist who is only infiltrating the left in order to blow them up from the inside out, which is his fucking job. And, Always has. And been. He, and he's working at fucking Anduril, which is a, another Peter Thiel joint uh, where they make, you know, they want to stuff AI into drones so they can send them out to assassinate people. Um, bad idea. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, or, other interesting or, thing or about deliver oh. or deliver groceries, you know, right. It's all about delivery. It's, it's a delivery service of bullets. Look, all of Peter Thiel's connections to all the bad stuff, including Anonymous, I don't understand why the January 6th committee doesn't understand this about this man. I mean, look at at Blake Masters. Look at J.D. Vance. Of course. Peter Thiel said in 2009 that democracy and freedom are incompatible. Uh, He he is a he is he has set up his entire organization, all of his operations, all of his companies, to profit from chaos and death. That is what he is. He is a merchant of death and chaos. And you know, um, the problem is though that Palantir appears to be too big to fail at some level, right? Because they, the entire fucking government uses their software. So in order to go after Palantir, they <coughs> go after themselves. 
Um, and that's, uh, that was, you know, obviously his plan and, you know, it appears to be working. I, I would be interested to see, you know, Palantir's client list and uh, which foreign governments have access to what data and if any data leaked. Right. Uh, yeah. And uh, look, uh, Peter Thiel uh, was also, um, you know, the first investor in Facebook, um, you know, obviously had access to all of the Facebook data all along, um, you know. So God knows what the database they have looks like. I mean, it it's got everyone and everything. Hey, ooh, hey, let's let's throw one out there for the conspiracy theorists. Let's tie Peter Thiel to Ehud Barak and Jeffrey Epstein with their purchase of. You remember? Nope. Carbine. Oh yes, Israeli intelligence that runs nine one one call centers. Yes, Carbine, right? Uh, you know, um, also this is also in the same sort of vein as uh, Pegasus and um, you know, NSO Group. NSO Group, which was Mike Flynn's um, uh, Q Cyber Technologies, right? And and so Mike Flynn advised NSO group quote unquote and nso group created pegasus which was used to kill jamal Khashoggi. yeah um, and i have so, the feeling we're going to be talking about saudi arabia a lot when it comes to uh yes foreign intelligence communities well saudi arabia uh is who mike flynn wanted to sell nuclear secrets to and was on the phone with Tom Barrick at the inauguration of Donald Trump, uh, trying to set that up. Um, so yes, I believe uh, the the Saudis, Mike Flynn, and all of that is about to uh, come tumbling out. So you know, we'll see, we'll see yeah. if they if they figure it out or not. Oh, ooh, you know who else we can throw into that mix? Uh, so you've got Carbine, you've got Epstein, you've got Ehud Barak, you've got Peter Thiel. Uh, guess who else is in on that action? Please say. Uh, Eric Prince in the Frontier Resources Group. Yeah. God, don't get me started on that guy. Yep, he had a piece of carbine too. And he yeah. sold it to uh, the Chinese government. And yeah. shortly thereafter, uh, the Chinese government started using FSG to, quack, uh, to crack down on uh, Uyghurs population yep. muslims right <sighs> yes indeed um you know again eric prince is is several other episodes um yeah but let's let's bring it back to sort of just why don't you so let's go back to where it all began gets get go back to where it began give us a little bit of a sort of a summary of where we're at where we're at now um and uh you know sort of <laughs> this has been a lot. Let's uh, you know see if we. Yeah, can... it's a lot. It all started on an internet forum started in 1999 by Richard Lotex Yanka, called something awful. And there, the feral children of the internet learned intelligence tactics and gaming tactics and LARPing and mind-fucking and cognitive hacking. And that turned into Anonymous. And Anonymous was good for a minute, and then it got co-opted and turned into Gamergate. Gamergate got turned into the alt-right. The alt-right was the core for the cult that became QAnon. And QAnon was weaponized by Michael Flynn and Eric Prince sure there's some Roger Stone bullshit in there, Jerome Corsi. QAnon. Steve Bannon. Steve uh, Bannon, Milo Yiannopoulos, Frederick Brennan, all of them. Yep. But QAnon was the cannon fodder for January 6th. That's right. They were they were the disruption. They were the you know the first in caused the chaos. 
there were kill squads. Of, yes, there were. Know, oath keepers and three percenters. And, maybe yeah. even Proud Boys. You know, yeah. all of them wearing orange. Or maybe the Proud Boys were there to fight Antifa. So they uh-huh. could claim the Insurrection Act on the outside. But guess what? Antifa wasn't there because we fucking stopped them. Yep. They were going. But, uh, they were going. That was the rise and fall. And I will say this. There are members of cybersecurity company, you know, cybersecurity companies who are still in ons, who were there at the beginning, who are still out there fighting the good fight. I mean, they've been taking it to fucking Russia, right? Operation Jane ripped up the Texas GOP. The epic hack exposing Rob Monster. Don't forget, I found that Russian guy, Charles Bousman or whatever. Yep. I found him hosting Russian propaganda on Rob Monster's epic. Yes. That's, and, uh, so it, it, and that and that is and sadly there is no bright clear conclusion right anonymous currently is is i mean in a way what it always was right a collection of anonymous people um who you know kind of sit behind a brand because they find it useful some of whom are doing you know uh, believe in God, but the Lord's work, and um, you know some of them are doing the opposite. Uh, and you know, I think it's 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 very important for people to understand that um, this is yes, partly an organic phenomenon, right? Something awful was probably not a Russian op, um, no. but um, it most definitely became co-opted, radicalized, and weaponized um, by both American traitors um, as well as Russia. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, Anonymous, I, I said it before, Anonymous is the feral children of the internet. I mean, it's, it's a gigantic group of emotional toddlers with knives. Sometimes they cut the right thing. Sometimes they cut each other. Sometimes they cut the wrong thing. Um, so, all we can say, it, I think, to sort of, you know, conclude is be careful out there. It's a fucking... The internet is a strange and wonderful and awful and horrible evil place, kids. Indeed. Indeed. So... Listen, man, this was fucking amazing. Um, like, uh, for uh, I, I'm hoping that for a lot of people who, you know, come into this, see a whole lot of very odd sort of legacy shit, right? Like, there's all this sort of culture around around the chans and around the nons and all this stuff. And you know, I, I'm I'm hoping this conversation helped at least a little bit to kind of help people understand and, and, you know, navigate where all this shit really came from. And I'm, I'm really grateful you came on now. Yeah. It's all about the history and knowing the history helps you understand the present. And, uh, hopefully if you're smart, shape the future. Yes, indeed. All right, sir. Well, I'm grateful, um, that you came on. Thank you so much. And, uh, um, we'll talk to you soon. And um, to to the listeners, thank you for listening. I really appreciate it. Take care, everybody. Bye.